You're all welcomed in Jesus' name. I believe we were all around on Sunday when we started the study on what is the gospel. Praise the Lord. Yes, on Sunday we looked at um, the meaning of the gospel. That is salvation, God's salvation, free gift of salvation to mankind through Jesus Christ who came and died on the cross, was buried, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. And on Sunday, we saw that, that according to Romans 1.16, that God is no longer counting the sins of men against them, but that everyone who believes that Jesus died for him or her on the cross and repents of his or her sins will be forgiven and the person will have um, the gift of salvation. Praise the Lord. And we also saw the essentials of um, salvation. And um, there are actually four key things that we noted on Sunday. Number one, that all men have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, and no man on his own can save himself. Praise the Lord. And then we also saw that... That salvation is by grace, through faith, in the finished work on the cross of Calvary. It's not by works, not by what any man can do. And then, we also noted on Sunday that Jesus suffered, he died, and he rose from the dead for our justification. Praise the Lord. And that also, that, there is re- that when we repent of our sins, that there is remission of sins through the name of Jesus, praise the Lord. And then we, we, we looked at um, uh, Galatians 1, 6 to 9, 1 Timothy 6, 3 to 5, Jude 4, Acts 15, 1 and 5. And then in the light of those scriptures, we considered what another gospel means. And then we, we saw from there that another gospel is any gospel, any message that does not emphasize salvation through Jesus Christ. Any, any message that, you know, tries to, any message that tries to, you know, tell men that they can gain salvation by any other means, apart from the finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, whether it is through their works, or whether it's by trusting in men, or whatever, by whatever means. And we said that if any message adds anything, no matter how minute, or subtracts anything, no matter how minute, from the fact that Jesus came to the world, died for our sins on the cross, was buried, and rose again from the dead, and that there is forgiveness, you know, by men, forgiveness of sins, by men repenting and placing their faith on that finished work of Calvary, that that is another gospel. If anybody, if any, if any, any, any gospel is trying to portray any other thing apart from the fact that true, it is through Jesus Christ that we gain salvation through, through what he has done on the cross then it is another gospel praise the Lord and then you know we said that all false doctrines that are contrary to sound instruction given by God is, by, by Jesus Christ is a um, false um, doctrine and then we looked at um, what the, the effect of, of a false doctrine um, another gospel in present-day Christianity. And we said that uh, another gospel waters down the true gospel of salvation 
you know, it, it makes the, the true gospel of salvation of no effect. We also said that it leads men to bondage in Christ Jesus, you know, and that it also turns people away from Christ and it makes the church produce babies and then weaklings that are not able to stand. Praise the Lord. And today, we will look at um, what our attitude should be to the gospel. So question four. It says, what should be our attitude to the gospel? Acts 2, 38 to 39. Mark 16, 15. Galatians 2, 4 to 5. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. And 2 Timothy 3, 12. So we'll start from here. My brother, you will read the first um, passage. Acts 2, 38 to 39. Then followed by um, Prosper, And then down the line. When you read a passage, you... You comment on that passage. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Yes, the question is what. What should be our attitude to the gospel from this passage? The two things I found there is the first one is found in 38. It says, uh, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and uh, be baptized. Uh, our attitude towards the gospel, uh, the gospel is meant to correct us just as. Uh, Timothy says that is for our correction, for reproof, and to make us fit unto all doctrine. So, when we discover that our ways are not in tandem with what God expects of us, we should put up a new leaf, we should repent, and then forsake what is not in line with God's will for our lives. Praise the Lord. Um, yes. We should repent when we find out that our la- the, the way we live is not in line with the word of God. Then from my sister. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the God and preach the good news. Be audible so that they record it. Okay. Mark sixteen, verse fifteen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. So it's a charge to us Christians. Uh, having received Jesus as our Lord and Savior to proclaim the good news to others that are yet to receive uh, the good news and to receive Christ or Jesus Christ as their own Lord and personal Savior. And by so doing, we are preaching the gospel. That's the command or that's the charge. And that should be our right attitude towards the gospel to proclaim it to others. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes, we should preach the gospel. It's actually a command. It's not a suggestion, it's a command, go and preach. So once you have received that uh, gospel and um, you are saved, it is now for you to now go and preach the gospel so that others will be saved. Praise the Lord. Then from Galatians 2, 4 to 5. Praise the Lord. We're reading from Galatians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, and it says, And this occurred because of false brethren, secretly brought in, who came in by stealth, 
to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondages, to whom we did not yield submission, even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Yes. Okay. So in, um, in this passage, we are told that, um, okay, some false brethren attempted to bring in some, you know, false teachings, but these met um, 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 opposition by Paul, and um, he. So, as Christians, we should learn to resist another teaching, just like we learned on Sunday. Whatever teaching that is contrary to um, any teaching that tells us about the salvation through Jesus Christ, we should learn to resist it. We should re- learn to resist any other gospel, any other teaching that opposes the teaching of the Lordship of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We should hold firmly to the truth of the gospel that we have, re- we have received and resist any other thing that is contrary to sound um, doctrine. Praise the Lord. Please, if anybody um, has any contribution, you know, the person can make it. Yes. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians 15, verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. Here, the Bible is trying to make us know that the only gospel is Christ dying on the cross for us. So anything apart from Christ dying on the cross is a false, is another gospel. And we have to hold on to his death on the cross. And that's the only thing that can deliver us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, just like he said, you know. You know, Paul, Paul said there, what, For what I received, I passed on to you. As of first importance, that Christ died for our sins. You know, what he received was the same gospel that he passed on to others, you know without adulteration, without adding anything to it, without removing anything to it. So, so that, you know, that should also be our attitude when we go, you know, to preach to other people. We should pass on to them what we have received, you know. We shouldn't maybe like, uh, when you look at the person and it seems as if maybe the person might not be receptive, you know, of uh, maybe certain things uh, contained in the Word of God. You now try to Water it down so that it will be acceptable to the person. Just what you, the gospel that we received is what we should pass on to others without removing or subtracting. Praise the Lord. And then the last passage. Then. Praise the Lord. 3.12. Timothy 3.12. And it says, Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All who desire to live, who desire to live godly in Christ, we suffer persecution. Of course, um, it's giving us assurance here that Christianity is not uh, bread and butter, and uh, at all costs we should be able to prepare ourselves to face different kind of persecution, challenges that will follow it. And uh, we should not give up. We should be persistent in holding on to our faith so that we will not, you know, give up 
these are the kind of attitude he is expecting us to put on as Christians. We should be prepared and uh, expect those things that we are not supposed to expect. So that along the line you will not say, ah, I was thinking this thing was something else. Or I didn't know it was uh, different that I'm coming here to come out here. So we should be prepared to face persecution as Christians. So these are the sum of attitude we should put on as Christians. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, we should be prepared. We should, ha- we should have the attitude of, you know, giving allowance, knowing that, in, the, in fact, the Bible has, it, it's already recorded in the Bible that anybody that wants to live a godly life will suffer persecution. So when you know that, if it comes, I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise to you. But when you don't have the attitude of that, it could come and that it will eventually come, you know, sometime. You know, when it comes, you might now not be able to face it. You might not really take it in. It will seem as if maybe some other thing is happening, as if God is no longer there. But when you know that in the course of your work with God, you know, as long as you want to live a godly life, that persecution will come. So when it comes, it will not be a surprise. You will stand. And at the end of the day, the name of the Lord will be glorified. Praise the Lord. So any question before we go to question five? Question or comment? Then question five. What are the consequences of rejecting the gospel? John 3.18. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John 3 verse 18 says, He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Here the Bible is telling us, if we go back to verse 16, it says that we, be, we, met, we are made to understand that whoever that believes in our Lord Jesus Christ will have an everlasting life. And he will not be condemned. But 18 says that whoever that does not believe in the only begotten Son of God is condemned already. He's telling us that we will not be condemned. But we are already condemned as long as we, are, we do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, eternal condemnation is one of the consequences of rejecting the gospel. When somebody rejects the gospel entirely and refuses to accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us in that verse 18 that that person is already condemned. Praise the Lord. Romans 1, 18 to 22. The next. Yes. Okay, God's anger is revealed from heaven against all the sins and evil of the people, whose evil ways prevent the truth from being known. Here, emphasize that the God's anger, anger reveals against anyone that sins, and the evil of the people, whoever, in their evil ways. So, the anger of, the, of God here is telling us that it reveals on, against anyone that sins. That whenever we sin, we, uh, we make God to be angry with us. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Yes, any other comment respect to that passage on the consequences of rejecting the gospel? Praise the Lord. Okay, yes, uh, in addition to what our sister said, you know, if you look at um, 21 and 22, it says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Praise the Lord. You know, one, one of the consequences of, you know, um, of rejecting the gospel is that, you know, you see people acting foolishly. You know, they, they, their minds will, be, they, they will become so depraved that they'll begin to do things, you know, like the Bible says, that are not convenient, things that they shouldn't do. I mean, like what we see now, maybe this gay and all that. I mean, it's not natural. You see men doing things that are not just convenient, things that are not wise, things that are foolish, that even maybe a, 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 a small child in his right mind knows that this thing is not right. You know, but because people, they, you know, that they, they, they know the right thing, they know what, what they should do, they know the truth of God and all that, but they bluntly refuse to acknowledge it. The Bible says that you know, God now gave them over to, to, to a, a reprobate mind, that they will begin to do things that are not um, convenient. So depravity of mind is one of the consequences of rejecting the gospel. Praise the Lord. And then, let's uh, look at Hebrew 2, 2 to 4, and then Revelation 21, 8. All right, Hebrews 2, 2 to 4. For if the word of God spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So, you know, part of the things that, that we see as consequences of rejecting the gospel, I mean, is a real, you know, judgment of disobedience and, you know, God rewarding that disobedience. Um, the word of the Lord was spoken and was confirmed and uh, you know there are so many things in the world just like the earlier scripture we read in Romans that confirmed that God is God and he is there whether we like it or not you know because we have our ideas, our thoughts our feelings does not change God Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, whichever way we think about it, it's like the scriptures. Jesus was there. Um, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Sometimes people claim that, you know, talk about that there are some differences with the stories. You know, and it's simply because the way, the way John... The way Peter will look at it, Peter will interpret things in our own ways based on where we are coming from. Uh-huh. 
But at the end of the day, you find out that even if you're looking at an elephant, the person behind sees something a bit different. Um, the person in front sees the big ears and the trunk. The person by the side just sees one big wall like that. But they're saying there's something that is big here. Um, everybody will say that. So it's, it's that kind of thing that, um, that we also look at as, as God's word. It's been confirmed and confirmed over the years, um, over several years and several individuals, generations that didn't even meet themselves, spoke about the same thing. And um, anybody rejecting it, rejecting God's word, I mean, it's, it's a recompense of reward. It's waiting for the other things to happen. Praise the Lord. Yes, praise the Lord. There's punishment um, that punishment awaits anybody that rejects him, the gospel. There is still no other name given among men of all tribes, locations, and status to be saved except the name of Jesus, and that is why we must and should believe in that name. Question six: Discuss the impact of the gospel in believers from these passages. Our sister, Romans six. 17 to 19. And my sister, you will get at. You read at. Okay. Uh, Romans 6, 17. Romans 6, verse 17. But God be thanked, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Verse 18. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. 19, the last verse. I, spoke, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now, present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. This chapter is saying, discuss the impact of gospel in believers. From, their, from these passages, from, this, from the book of Romans where I have read, is just trying to let us know that we should separate ourselves from the unrighteousness, um, stage that we have found ourselves unto righteousness, that instead of making our body to be slaves of sin, we should rather present it as slaves of righteousness unto God. Praise God. Yes, praise the Lord. Want to say something? Yes. Just to, you know, add something very instructive comes there. It says that, that we being made in verse 18. Yes. Being then made free from sin, yes. you became the servants of righteousness. Yes. I just want to emphasize that point. There are many people that want to do righteous acts, and they try to, um, while living in sin. They've never really had an encounter with the Lord. Never really committed, never really submitted to that freedom. And they 
try to live righteously. It doesn't work. Being a servant of righteousness is only possible when something that is beyond somebody has happened. The freedom from sin is not something we can do by ourselves. There must be a submission to be freed from sin. Then you find find out that you automatically become a servant, servant of, of righteousness. righteousness. We just follow, we just love and desire to do righteous acts. We, we just do it. You say, look, my hands are tied. I can only do what is what right. Is right. It's, only, it's not by struggle. It's only possible when there has been a freedom from sin. Praise the Lord. Yes. Freedom from sin. Liberation from sin. So that one can become a servant of righteousness. And that is possible when one has encountered Jesus and the person seen forgiven. Praise the Lord. Acts 4, 32-35. Acts 4, 32-35. says, All the believers were of one heart and mind. Be audible. All the believers were of one heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. They shared everything they had. And the apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great favor was upon them all. Was upon them all. There was no poverty among them because people who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money to the apostles. To the apostles to give to others in need. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I am learning from here that the impact of the gospel in the life of believers made them to have one heart among them. They shared everything they have among themselves. No one withhold what they had, but they brought it out for those in need. So what gospel can do in the life of a believer it will make you to be, you will have a free hand to give to those in need. Not when you have something, you will hold it back because this person is not, from, is not your family. But we see everybody as one. Once we are in the household of God, you see everybody as one. And when you have something that you know that this person is in need of it, you don't withhold it. You bring it out so that others who don't have will benefit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, praise the Lord. Because of the love that's that's shared abroad in the heart of you know the believers that was why they were able to have things in common able to you know meet the needs of one another they were able to enjoy fellowship communion and the bible says that daily men were being added to them you know because um, they were models unto others praise the lord and then Acts, Acts 9.31, Acts 9.31, Acts 9.31, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. Uh, the impact that I 
can deduce here is that there was peace, a time of peace. Peace thrived in their uh, period because of uh, the impact of the gospel on them. Then they were equally strengthened as they were sharing the gospel. Their hearts were being strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And then the fear of the Lord. They were living in the fear of the Lord, which meant that they understood what it means to please the Lord. And so uh, it's actually gained impact in their life. The gospel gained impact in their life. Yes, praise the Lord. They were strengthened, they were encouraged, and they lived in the fear of the Lord. And we ask ourselves today, are we being strengthened by the gospel? Are we encouraged? Do we live in the fear of the Lord? Praise the Lord. Sister Fee, the last time. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, from verse 4 to 10, and it says, Okay. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and in Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone, gone out, so that we do not need to say anything, for they themselves declare concerning, concerning us, what manner of entry we had to you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from wrath to come. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what we learn from these passages, uh, Paul here testifying about the believers how they received the word of God and how what the word of God, the gospel did in their lives. The gospel, the, the gospel came into their lives with power. And with that power, they received, of course, boldness to even preach to all around them. And of course, God gave them the assurance. You know, there was that assurance of, um, of the gospel. God did his works and wonders. God performed his works and wonders through them as the gospel went forth. So the gospel actually comes with much power through the Holy Spirit. And also with it also goes faith. So when we receive the gospel, um, the impact, one of the impacts is faith and power through the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, conclusion. The gospel is good news when we understand that we do not and cannot earn our salvation. The work of redemption and justification is complete, having been finished on the cross, as recorded in John 19, verse 30. Therefore, just as we have received Christ Jesus as Lord, let us continue to walk in him. Praise the Lord. Do we have any questions before we read our memory verse? Any question? So we'll take our memory verse. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, 
because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentiles. Romans 1:16. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. As we're praying, let us pray and ask the Lord to help us that this word will have the desired result that the purpose for which God allowed us to be part of this study this evening will be accomplished in our lives. That we will have the right attitude to the gospel and that none of us will face the consequence of um, rejecting the gospel. As we also pray, we have seen the impact of the gospel in believers who ask ourselves, you know, whether the gospel is having that impact in our own lives. If the same impact is not being made in our own lives by the gospel, then we, have, we, we should ask the Lord now to help us so that by the gospel we will be encouraged, we will be strengthened, and we will live in the fear of the Lord. We will be free from sin. And then we will we'll love our brethren and share the things we have with our brethren. Sister Kenneth, round of the prayer. Father, we thank you. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. We thank you for this great privilege you have given, you have given to us to learn under your feet. Father, our prayer thus evening, O oh God, that this message of salvation we have heard will have an impact in our life so that we'll continue to bear fruit in our day-to-day life in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you all glory and honor because you have done what no man could do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. His word is here and amen. Your word is yeah and yeah. Can we sing the song? His word is yeah. Your word is yeah and yeah. Amen. His word is yeah. Your word is yeah and Amen. His word is yeah. Just coming out, um, Dr. Chinedu says somebody asked uh, in their class, um, What is somebody, you know, because um, we said that one of the attitudes we should have as um, uh, we should have towards the gospel is to preach. And he said, Somebody asked, If you want to preach, but you don't have an opportunity of going out to preach, what do you do? Maybe. You don't, you're, you're not allowed to go out. 
The person is not allowed to go out. You start by praying first. You start by praying. As you pray, God will give, make a way for you to preach. And if you have a um, phone, now people use phone to preach. I mean, if, if, like a WhatsApp and all that, you see all manner of messages, you know, being um, preached there. So, but first and foremost, start praying. When you begin to pray for souls, number one, God will use it to reach out to people and God will also, use, will also make a way for you to, you know, um, meet the people that uh, you're meant to preach to. And then if you have a phone, use your phone. And every opportunity that God gives you. One thing I know is that once you start praying, God will make, make ways for you. He will bring opportunities your way and then, you know, you will be useful in his hands. Praise the Lord. So, um, in summary, we looked at um, what our attitude should be towards the gospel, to preach, to, you know, apart from preaching, because you start first and foremost by accepting it. You accept the gospel, you repent of your sins. If you've not done that, because if you have not repented of your sins and you have not accepted the gospel, you cannot go out to preach it because you cannot give what you do not have. It is when you have repented of your sins, you have accepted the gospel, and then, you, you, you know, you can now go out and preach um, the gospel. Another attitude we said we should have towards the gospel is to pass it on just the way we received it, without adding anything to it or removing anything from it. Praise the Lord. We also said that our attitude should be that of holding firmly to the truth of the gospel that we receive, not giving in to false doctrine, not giving in to anything that is contrary to, to sound teaching and godly living. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then we also saw in uh, question 5, also ask them the, about the consequences of rejecting the gospel. And we saw there that um, there are so many, so many consequences. One is a eternal damnation. That when one rejects the gospel, the person is condemned. Praise the Lord. And then there is um, punishment. There is also eternal separation from God, you know, as uh, we, we, we saw in Revelation 21 verse 8. So, and then also there's depravity of mind. The Bible said concerning the men in Romans 1, uh, from 18 down to 22, where we read, that, you know, people, because they knew God and refused to glorify Him as God, He gave them up to, uh, He gave them a reprobate mind, that they began to do things that are not convenient. You see men doing things that are foolish, all because they refuse to accept the truth of the gospel. Praise the Lord. And that will not be a portion in Jesus' name. And then question six, we discussed um, the impact of the gospel in believers. You know? And we saw that in Romans 6, Romans 6, uh, 6, 17 to 19, that one impact is that once you believe the gospel, the gospel will set you free from sin. You will no longer be a slave to sin. You will now become a slave to righteousness. Praise the Lord. And then... In, in Acts chapter 4, 32 to 35, we saw there how the believers lived then, you know, because they've accepted the gospel, you know, and um, it has worked in their lives. They have things in common. The love of God, you know, they, they, they loved one another. They, the brethren they, uh, didn't, uh, were, were not in need because 
the needs of the brethren were met by others. Because they, 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 they lived as, as a family. And it's the same thing. They had uh, communion and fellowship together as um, one people. So, and that is what the, the same impact it should have in our lives. Praise the Lord. And also, yeah, from Acts chapter 9, verse 31, we, we also saw there that, um, you know, the believers, you know, they, the Bible said there that they were, they, they, because they've received the gospel, they were strengthened, they were encouraged, they lived in the fear of the Lord. And also in First Thessalonians 1, 4 to 10, we also saw there that, you know, the believers, because of um, the word of God working in their lives, they were examples unto others. They were models. People were looking unto them. Praise the Lord. And it's the same thing that should apply to us today because we have received the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It should make our lives, you know, to be that which others will look at and they will want to emulate. Praise the Lord. We should allow the gospel to strengthen us, to encourage us, and to also direct the way that we live our lives. Praise the Lord. And in, to summarize everything, I know on Sunday, the same um, altar call was made. Because if after this study, you know, there's still maybe one among us that, it, that um, have not received the gospel, it will not be right. Because the essence of this study is not just for us you know, to know what the gospel is, but for that impact to be made in our lives. So we ask ourselves, if there's any of us that have not come to the point where you know that um, your sins have been forgiven and that you are in right standing with God, this is the time for you to actually surrender your life to Jesus. Just like we said on Sunday, that it is now one of the essentials of the gospel is that the message of the gospel should be accepted you know, in the now. It, we shouldn't postpone it because... Tomorrow is not in our hands. Praise the Lord. So if we have not repented of our sins, this is the time for us to do so. And if we have repented and we're walking in the light of the gospel, the word of God is encouraging us, actually commanding us to go forth and preach the gospel. And we ask ourselves, from Sunday to today, have we preached? Have we preached the gospel from Sunday that we, we studied, uh, we began the study? So today, that's Wednesday, have we preached the gospel? Have, we, have you preached to somebody? Hello? <laughs> have we preached? Yes, thank God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, because I know that for me personally, on, I was going somewhere on Monday and I entered um, a Siena bus. And what just came to my mind is, you know, there's, there's the way the word of God works in our hearts. You know, it's like, oh, you have just studied this. So you should practicalize what you preach. And I thank God. God really used it to, to glorify his name. So this is one impact it should have. This is one result that this study should achieve. For every one of us to go forth and preach the gospel. So that the name of the Lord will be glorified and men will be saved from sin. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Can you just pray and ask the Lord for grace? Grace to go forth and preach the gospel. Grace to live in the light of the gospel. Grace to be an instrument in the hands of the Lord. Our Father and our God, in the name of Jesus, 
We thank you once again, Lord God, for this opportunity that you've given to us, Lord God, to awaken our hearts, Lord God, to our responsibility of going forth to preach the word. Father, Lord God Almighty, we receive grace from you. We receive strength from you. We receive utterance, O King of Glory. That, Lord God Almighty, as we go forth, your spirit, Lord God Almighty, will help us, will always remind us what we should do, will always nudge us, O King of Glory. And, Lord God Almighty, O God, when we open our mouths, O Lord God, you will fill our mouths, Lord God, with your word. And, King of Glory, Lord God, even the people, Lord God, that we minister to, Lord, we hand them over to you. We believe you, Lord God Almighty, that you will go ahead of us, even, Lord God Almighty, to bring conviction upon their lives. Thank you, O King of Glory. For, Lord God, you have helped us. And Lord, you will continue to help us in Jesus' name. Amen.